I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences, with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Thanks for listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. We have a treat for you today. We brought back a previous guest and we brought his lovely wife to join us, even though we're doing it remotely. Uh, so we have Tyler Dickerhoof and Kelly Dickerhoof, and they are going to share some wisdom with us on how to lead teams remotely, which obviously is very pertinent with COVID-19 and everything else that's going on just now. So welcome, guys. We know Tyler's story. Kelly, do you want to tell us a little bit of your story so that People can get that and then we'll jump into just gibbering away to questions and everything else. Sure, sure. Well, thanks so much for having us on today. We're excited to be here and chit chat, even if we're all in different homes. But um, yeah, so previously to the industry I'm in right now, I was a hairdresser. I loved that job so much. I did it for about seven, eight years and it was my passion. I love making people feel beautiful and good about themselves. I've told people, you know, there's nothing better than just spinning a woman around and her see um, the work that you've done to her hair and seeing that smile on her face. And so um, we started having children really fast once we got married. We were married in October and had our first daughter that next year. And that um, kind of put a halt on the career field for me. If we could say I stopped doing hair for a while and just became a stay-at-home mom of three amazing little kiddos. They were close in age. And so um, that kind of, that, that was kind of the route I was for a while. And um, when they were young, we decided to move up here to Spokane, Washington. And uh, one day I was going down to a girlfriend's trip in Palm Springs. And it's kind of funny. I've recently kind of changed telling the whole story of the story because I think it's kind of funny. I think it relates to a lot of people in business and just how Tyler and I have chosen to run our business. But I was sitting um, on an aisle seat and there was a beautiful woman on a window seat that I hadn't really noticed. And then there was a man sitting in between us. And he was a very tall man. And I um, was noticing he was probably what oh, you weren't there six four I, I six five I, I would say six four six five too tall for a window seat you know and uh, I just kind of started feeling bad for him so I offered him yeah Ben very similar and you know if, <laughs> if there's a woman and she offers you the aisle you're going to take that aisle probably right and he I did, agree, he did. of course but yeah yeah so it's not that I'm the nicest person in the world but I did feel bad and I offered him my seat which then let me to sit next to this beautiful woman who um introduced me to the world of network marketing I didn't know it was network marketing at the time. I didn't know. I thought I was just buying a cleanse and a detox, but um, bought that cleanse and detox and it turned into a full-time business for 
me and Tyler. So that was about nine years ago. And now we're just navigating that life. We love it. It's back in the industry of being help, helping people and making them feel beautiful and wonderful, whether that's through weight loss or whether that's making their pocketbooks look better. So that's kind of in a nutshell, my story. Did I miss anything? No, no. <laughs> it's uh, actually, I looked at the calendar. It will be nine years exactly next Monday. Next Monday, oh, our ISA crazy. anniversary. Crazy. So Tyler told us a story, I think it was at men's group, was it a couple of weeks ago? And he said that you refused to cut men's hair. And that's <laughs> why you're married to a bald man. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> that's, you know, if that's funny. That's a great question. I you know, back, it's funny. Back when I was kind of, yeah, I did not like cutting men's hair. I, I, I found that I would cut their hair this is silly. They'd ask me on a date. I would maybe go on a date with them, but then I would be like, oh, it's not really working out. But then they would come back and they get their hair cut. And I was just like, eh, let's just eliminate this altogether. I'm not going to cut men's hair anymore. So when I was writing out, date, but stopped cutting their hair. I wouldn't want to date them. Yeah. But then they would make appointments. So I'd still have to cut their awkward. hair. Weird and awkward. Yeah. But um, when I was writing out kind of the list and things I was looking for in a husband, one of them was, please have him be bald. <laughs> And sure enough, here blind, I am. Blind date one day. He rolls this guy. So I was like, <laughs> well, right now he looks like a visionary because I'm dealing with this monstrosity and look at the state of Ben. So uh, I mean, better give him kudos. There are more men that have joined the Shaved Head Club in the last two yeah. weeks. And I was talking to a friend earlier on a Zoom and noticed he shaved his head. I'm like, dude, I, I see you joined the club. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got the Corona cut. So, got a name. Like uh -huh. a bowl cut, but yeah, now it's Corona cut. But yeah, well, I'm going to kick it off with the first question. Can and we do so, some background first? And so I'm going to do that as well. Okay. So the theme of today basically is well, the theme for 2019, right, is leadership and mental health. And I'm not sure if you guys both knew that or not, but leadership and mental health for 2020 and the journey of Stephen and I kind of improving our own mental health and implementing things in our lives that uh, we'll do so, but then also expanding our leadership skill set. And uh, so there's the kind of the overarching thing. We figured in the time of COVID where everybody is having to lead from a distance, relationships are harder to build and grow and maintain, right? So how do you do that in a technology-driven world? But the first thing that I wanted to ask was, uh, I know both of my parents have been working together for 30 years, started the company 30 plus years ago, worked together in the same office building. It's you guys are already smiling. I know, God, here it comes. And so... It's uh, as a married couple that leads a team jointly, it sounds like. How would you guys bifurcated roles? Because I know you've already kicked it off and you said Tyler talks a lot and you kind of take a back seat. But I know that you probably have a lot of things that you're gifted at that are probably better than Tyler at, but might even fall the wayside because he might just step in and talk. So how do you have to learn to bifurcate roles when, you know, someone might be more gifted than someone else? I, I, think I didn't realize what I was setting myself up for today, but hey, you know what? You're talking about uh, Zooms, but wow. okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, don't you, worry, guys. You got these questions before. Oh, you're totally. I mean, I'm cool with it. I, I mean, I get it. Oh, Again, no. I wasn't sure what I was setting myself up for, but that's okay. No, it's if, if, if it's this is the question. roast of Tyler, I'm good. Let's go for it. Yeah, and I think it's cool because, you know, our journey, to be honest, has been very challenging. 
very challenging. And it's been one of those things where we keep coming back to like, oh, should we just not work together anymore? And there's been times when I'm like, I'm out, like I can't do this anymore. But there's a reason that we keep on being brought back together. And I think it is so we can talk to other couples that it is doable, it is gonna take work. And so yeah, if we can give you some tips on how we um, overcome a lot of those challenges, I think that's great. Um, definitely number one, ask for help, like be okay with finding either a business mentor, um, a counselor, somebody who can really speak life into your working relationship and even go to them when times are good, not just when everything, um, seems hard and stressful, just so you have that full communication all the time. That would be my biggest tip because I think that's been helping us the most, but really, um, have a conversation. I think of setting expectations. So figure out like, First of all, write down a list, each of you, of what you love to do in the business, what brings you joy and what brings you fulfillment. And then write down the things that you don't like to do and then come together and be able to talk about those things and set expectations. There's been times when Tyler said, said I want you to do this and I will just say, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I won't do that. You know, if it's important and it has to be done in the business, obviously somebody's going to have to take on that role. But I think it's important not to just set expectations, but be willing to say what you're willing to do and not willing to do and just really be able to communicate all that. Yeah. Anything you, Tyler? I mean, you're welcome. No, no. I mean, it's to answer that. I think it is ultimately, you know, our, our previous in our relationship, our marriage is I had a career, Kelly had a career and then with the kids. And to be all honest, and I don't know how much she understood of what I did. Like day to day, what I did, I don't know how much Kelly really understood because I worked in an industry that was so foreign to her, she had just no clue. You know, as a nutritionist for dairy cows and she like hadn't seen really cows other than at the fair in her life. And um, as she got started in network marketing and as I watched it, it was an industry that, you know, the, the nutrition part of it, the, the health and wellness was stuff I was passionate about. And so it kind of like there, there was a passion there, but my role was in very much support, very supportive. And then it came to a point, it's like she was getting busier and busier. I was getting busier and busier. It's like, if we continue on this path, we're going to grow apart. And, you know, each of our parents worked together at some capacity. Kelly's parents still work together this day. Um, and, you know, so saw that example and, and we kind of, like I said, hey, we either choose to grow together or we're going to accept to grow apart and who knows where that goes. Um, so that was one part of it. The other part of it is looking at Kelly's business from being used to looking at businesses from the outside and, and seeing strategic points. Uh, I recognized she was doing things or having to do things that she wasn't inherently skilled at, did not enjoy doing. And, and kind of, I would go to Kelly, it's like, hey, you need to find someone to do this for you. Either you go hire somebody to do this for you or something because you're, you're, you're getting bogged down by stuff that you just hate to do, but it's affecting your business. And so that's where entered in the opportunity for me to join in. And um, it's been, you know, seven plus years of, of day to day and, you know, having a gym in there. But I would say in my heart, I know that we are each at each other's best when we're at the best for each other. So Kelly's like, hey, the example of being able to do it for others, I look at it as when I'm at my best and I help Kelly be at her best and vice versa, that's when we have, have the opportunity to impact a lot of people that God has given us a platform to do so. And it's our flesh that gets in the way of allowing um, our abilities to accomplish that. And I think that's just the testament of why 
time after time, God's kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm here you go, here you go, here you go. And there's things that I can't do that Kelly's exceptional at. And there's a few things that she can't do that I'm pretty good at. And it's just figuring that stuff out and saying, hey, this isn't for us and our ego. It's to serve in the way that God has given us an opportunity to serve. Great, great answer. Mm-hmm. I would say another tool that had been really beneficial to us is the Gallup straight finders. Um, So that was where we could just see each other's personalities a little bit. I mean, there's so many personality tests out there. I'm sure there's not a right or wrong, but to go through those strengths and realize what we're really good at and excel at helped us communicate. And to see the ones that we had very similar helped us realize that's our greatest strength and also our greatest weakness and how we can balance that out. So that tool helped us a ton. Mm -hmm. Totally. Love it. Yeah, those, those strength tests are great. So can we talk about how you guys are set up in your business? So obviously you've got teams all over the world, right? Are you guys still in Korea and all over the, I don't know if you're in London or, I mean, you're, you're everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So working remotely is not new to you guys. You live in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you'd shared with me, Tyler, that your routine hasn't really changed much other than not being able to go to the gym, not being able to eat out every now and again. So do you guys want to talk about how you're set up and then we can get into the remoteness of what you do and the benefits of that? Yeah. Zoom has been our, our, we've used Zoom for years, you know, um, even we, it's a relationship business, which we're in, right? So we want to get to know our team. We want to get to know our customers and it's so much more intimate when you can do that video chat. I mean, right now we could be on a conference call, but it just feels so much more real being able to look at you guys and talk to you. And so we discovered that really on how much more intimate that um, relationship and how much deeper it grows when you can look at a person's eyes and you can really genuinely see when they're you know, pain, when there's hurt, when there's joy, when they're, when they've checked out on you, you know, sometimes it's time to hang up the phone and you don't realize that, but you can know real quick via Zoom. So we've really utilized that platform. That's been the best one for us so far. Um, let, I, I would say, let me start off. I'm originally from Ohio. Kelly's from California. We started our network marketing business in Washington and we knew very few people. So from day one, in our business, it has been remote. It has been through my contacts throughout the country from, you know, being in different places. It's Kelly's, you know, contacts in California. So it's funny in, in network marketing, people are like, oh, you know, you have your, your local organization and then you grow from out of that. It's like when people ask us, well, how do you do local events? Like, we don't know because we've never really done them because that isn't our business. It's been via text. It's been via phone, you know, the technology of Zoom or Skype or whatever else. That's what we've utilized because we kind of had to. And that's where it's, it's more familiar for us. Um, so that, you know, kind of interjection, but ultimately it, it is. Um, one of the things as I was thinking about this and in, in regard to, you know, how we do it is, you know, utilize a lot of tools. Um, entering in, you know, Strength Finder, um, Love Languages, um, those tools to help understand about people. And, you know, the more that you can do that, allows you to empathize with them. And if you can empathize with them, the the quicker you're going to be able to have a relationship. Um, You know, we've been lucky that a lot of times in, in, you know, network marketing, there's a lot of, you know, events that you go to. So if you're traveling to Phoenix, you're traveling to Dallas, you're traveling to Nashville, you're traveling wherever, you get to integrate with people pretty quick. And then when you get away from them back on the phone, you have that, that relationship you can at least bind off of. There's, a lot of people now that we've never physically met, like never met. And so it's, it's learning to build that relationship with them using social media 
So you can look at social media and say, hey, I know Mother's Day, you were out on the lake. How was that? Did you have fun? In building that rapport with people, um, whatever you're doing is very, very important. And that doesn't matter if you're meeting at a coffee shop or um, utilizing a tool like Zoom. Yeah, so I would say our top virtual communication tools are Zoom, Facebook, Instagram, and then we use Telegram, which is kind of like an online app that we use to communicate, and it's been really great. So those are the, I would say, the four biggest communication tools. An online texting app, or what is it? I'm not, I don't yeah. know. Kind of like a WhatsApp, but you have a little bit more control over, you can start a group for people that can't reply, only I can reply, so I'm just giving information. Um, oh, or you can have one where everybody's kind of chatting like a WhatsApp style. But I just like the um, foundation of Telegram a little bit more, because there's a little bit more control to the features. Versus just a mass email to out to everybody and yeah. reply all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so many WhatsApp groups that are just constantly on silence. And when I get on them, I'm like, I'm not reading all that. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> or Marco Polo. Marco Polo is great too. I've which is never, a video app. If you guys I've played that once in a pool. Oh, it's a great <laughs> so here, Marco. Um, it's kind of like video texting, very quick. So, kind of like, what's the one, Voxer, that people use the voice? Yeah. Um, but it's actually video. So again, as that in intimacy, it's a chick app. It's all right. But, you know, <laughs> Tyler uses it a little. So Tyler uses well, it. Here, here's something to interject, and I think this is important, is as a leader, and I, I've seen this modeled, and it's something, hey, I, I don't choose which platform. It's if I'm trying to communicate with Steven, and Steven's like, I only communicate via email, that's how we'll communicate. If Ben, you're like, I only communicate via Facebook, that's how we'll communicate. Because it's my job to go to where you're comfortable. Now there's times I'll invite He's you in. He's nicer than me, I say you Yeah, and I'll invite you options. in, and I'll invite you in, but it's that's how I've been on Marco Polo. I've had two people that that's how they choose to communicate. So it's like, okay, I communicate with them because that's what's comfortable to them. And if they're comfortable there, it's gonna give us better roots of communication. So that way I can help them and um, that's just something I've done. Now, I try to limit that as best I can. You know, I'll try to steer them in a way over time. But it, when you're initially starting, I think that's very important. I like it. Yeah. So you guys have mentioned kind of leading people that you've never actually ever met before, too. And you saw that was one of my questions on there was kind of what's been your experience? Well, I mean, what have you maybe learned even the hard way about having to lead people from a distance? Or what are some things you might have had to change? or things that most folks might think are intuitive or that would make sense. We are like, ooh, I tried that on a call once, went over really bad. Uh, anything in particular with leading from a distance to people you've never met? Um, I, I guess something I learned kind of that, we learned the hard way. I, I learned this the hard way. I don't know if Kelly learned this, but I learned this. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say very early on because it, it started to really grow when we were starting our business was Facebook and allowed you through social media to reach out and connect with a lot of people. But it also became to where you could feel like you had a lot of proximity, but you really didn't. And I learned about the law of proximity. So John Maxwell and his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership has the law of proximity. And it's something I saw him model with his CEO and I watched it. And at that point we owned our gym. And one of the things with our gym is, is we weren't there all day, every day. We weren't owner operators. We were, you know, kind of investors. We operate a little bit, but then we had staff that operated. And what I learned there is that there was a disconnect because we weren't there. We didn't have proximity. And how I related that back then to our network marketing business is you have to be wildly intentional to have proximity. 
So if you're leading someone, you have to engage with them through text. You have to engage them through Facebook. You have to be so intentional to create that proximity because as leadership goes, as business goes, they have to watch what you're doing. And if they can't watch what you're doing, the learning curve to see it and, and develop that skill is a lot longer. And so I learned that through a couple of different ways and saw that modeled in front of me. I'm like, aha, that's where we had some of the struggles that we had because we didn't have that proximity. And so that's where we've implemented a lot of things, whether it is, um, you know, Kelly started a, a, a retreat event in our business is ways to develop proximity. Um, we would be at, you know, corporate events and we would, you know, really try to make sure that we created that interactive proximity. Um, we would do things to make sure that we're very intentional about, you know, recognizing what's going on in people's lives outside of business to create more of that proximity, but also a very open door to say, hey, we're an open book. You want to ask us anything? You can. We're not going to hide. We're not going to sugarcoat. Kelly would rather I sugarcoat a lot of times, but I believe that that authenticity allows for more proximity and being closer to where like, oh, I can really relate with them. I can really understand. So if I'm struggling with something or maybe I don't understand how they're, they're um, um, trying to tell me something that if, you know, they, they can feel safe to ask. Yeah. One of the leads to deeper, stronger relationships too, I would think, right? Yeah. Proximity. I mean, that's how you grow. You date. You go on dates, right? To, to create a relationship. Yeah, right, Stephen? What's that? Right, right, right Stephen? <laughs> why, why is it always me and why is it always my date in life that we talk about? The rest of us are married, dude. One of the four of us that are single. They live vicariously. <laughs> no, it's just he's the only one that's single here. Yeah. Ben Coleman has an entire book called The Proximity Principle. I don't know if you've read it. I know I made Ben read it, like bullied him into it. And he talks, he goes into the proximity thing even more than that about creating proximity wherever you are. Yeah. Um, you know, like he talks about people running away to Los Angeles to join the movie industry. And he's like, you can be in local movies, you can produce movies locally, whether it be for your church or a local TV station or whatever. He's like, just, there's always people that you can put yourself around that will help you get to where you want to be. So I think proximity is such an interesting concept mm -hmm. to explore. So I, I would say proximity leads to this next question, at least that I have too. And it was, you've, you've alluded to it initially, Tyler, with the love languages, right? And I remember having to read this book and Stephen read it and now is a fan of it. I wouldn't say I realized that I was a jackass for a long time. <laughs> I told you I to learn that lesson too. It's R too, but it's a great book. And I think it, it, it speaks to a lot more than just marital relationships, right, too. But so how do you guys, for folks that you might not have ever met that might be a good producer on your team, that, uh, I mean, people like gifts. I think, you know, that's always a fun, easy one. But for someone whose love language is quality time, yeah. how do you demonstrate that appreciation and value of them for someone like that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it's um, it's funny because... That would be, if you, if I would have answered the question that Tyler answered, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made in the beginning because words of affirmation and gifts are my love language. So uh, we do, we have our team, as soon as they raise their hand and say, I want to do this business, we have them fill out the free five lovelanguages.com questionnaire online. And then we have them do the color code test. Those are both 
free online test that they can, we can just kind of get an insight, you know, um, color code is very similar to the disc test. So, you know, the red is the D and so on and so forth. Um, and so, because in the beginning I would just send gifts cause I love gifts. Everybody yeah. wants a gift, you know? Well, recognition is something that's really missing in our world today, right? If you think something about a person, not very often do you just go out and say it or say, wow, you're doing a really good job. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. You know, it just doesn't happen anymore. So I think that's one thing about our industries we're really good at. And if we can be intentional and really authentic behind it, it's great. And so you do, you want to instantly know how they receive love because otherwise we just love on people naturally. However, we want to be loved, right? So um, if somebody's quality time, I mean, right now, it does mean a lot to do a 30 minute Zoom with one of us, or if I can get them on with the owner of the company for 30 minutes where we can chit chat when we're not under COVID law. I mean, it's just about COVID law, <laughs> COVID law. COVID law. Well, you know, regulations. It feels um, that way. Things, little things like taking them out for a pedicure or a cup of coffee, like anytime when they're, when it's far away, we try to plan for things when um, our company has retreats and honor them and recognize them in those ways. But really, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take a lot to just love on a person and handwritten note or a 10 minute conversation where it's just you and them. I think, I think sometimes people think it has to be on such a grand scale where quality time the definition of quality time or quality time is not quantity time. And I think that's what gets messed up a lot. They just want to know that it's you and them and that you matter and they matter yeah. in that moment. So true. You could send them a six pack of beer and say, we're doing happy hour at five, you know, night. Totally. we do lots of bubble nights around here. Yeah. I do have to say though, following you guys, following you guys on Instagram and seeing your stories, when you guys send gifts, you guys do it right. Like your, your people, like they're always posting about them. Probably the best gift givers I've ever, ever seen. I suck oh, at giving wow. gifts because I'm an experienced guy. Like I'd rather do something than get something. Um, so I'm really bad at giving gifts. <laughs> well, well, Tyler's. I'll let Tyler talk to this, but I think that's good to know that that's not a strength in your life. And Tyler has a um, friend and mentor who runs a, a program called Giftology. And so you would just. You, go ahead, because you'll yeah. explain it better than so, me. But um, John Rulin is the guy's name's author, and um, he had a business in Cutco, and that's how we got started. And he started to recognize the opportunity to give knives as gifts, and really created this entire understanding. And you go back to biblical and look at Proverbs, and just the examples of you want to be before a king, send a gift. And really looked at that and has a great testament story of of where they've been able to really impact and serve people through gifts. And I, I think what's important is I wasn't inherently, um, my love language isn't gifts. Um, I don't know if either one of my parents are as well. And so it was just very foreign to me. Now, quality time and, you know, service are That's absolutely service. for me. So it is always like those experiences, that service. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. But, you know, just a gift here or there. And so it's understanding how do you combine those? And um, if you recognize you're not, especially today's age, there's a lot of people to help you and there's a lot of people to go for resources. Um, and so I recommended the book yeah. giftology, um, great book. John's a great guy has got to be a good friend. Grew up in Ohio too. We have a lot of mutual friends from growing up. I had no idea. So no. seriously, I've read that book before. It actually is a good book. I was at, speaking at a conference or an event and was talking about the idea of giving gifts to clients after they come on, listening to their story, giving a gift specific to the story that they shared with us after they onboarded the client. 
and he pulled me aside after stage and, and asked. And then like a couple weeks later, I got a box with the, the giftology book in it and everything mm-hmm. from, from this guy. And I was like, huh. So I read it. It was a good book. Very good book. Good. Yeah. I think that, that's so important to meet people where they are in a bunch of different things. And gift giving is just, I think I suck at it so bad because the way I am is if I'm you're Scottish or, or I've made peace with the fact that it's out, out of reach and I'm probably, I don't need it. And I'm very, I'm really logical. Like, do I need it or do I want it? So that's why I suck at giving gifts and suck at getting gifts, really, because people don't know what to get me. Because <laughs> so, you just buy it, too. Well, yeah, I, I, I will say this. It's a skill that you can learn and develop. And you can, a skill that you can learn and develop doesn't mean I'm good at it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but yet, I also recognize when something comes up, like, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I reached out to a guy. I said, hey, I, I want to get your feedback on a question. And so he said, yeah, can you chat? Oh, perfect. 30 minutes of his time. And as we were talking about it, we were talking about things that he's doing and things that are going on in his life. And this is a busy guy that's involved in our industry. And he was telling me about playing tennis with his son. So I went online, I've tennis gifts, and I found out court crate. Court crate is like tennis gifts. So I sent him a court crate for him and his son. And I said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And so it's recognizing those little things. I'm not great at it. I am horrible when it comes to Kelly. And um, that's where we're working on it. But because of, of examples like John, who's, who's you know, been that example in my life, I now am starting to recognize you're talking to somebody on the phone and they, they say something. You're like, oh, I want to appreciate them. Or I know of something that's been of value to me. I'm going to send that to them. And so that's something that I've tried to practice and I'm, I'm slowly, I think, getting better at it. I'm not good at it by any means, but I think it's just another way to tell people without anything business related, I value you. I value the relationship and I want to continue that relationship. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, it proves you were listening too. It's like I was intentionally listening and I thought of you at a time when we weren't even talking, you know, and that you could use this particular piece of, whatever it is that you send them, yeah. which is special. Yeah. So uh, you guys obviously work together. How do you divide and conquer? And what, what are your responsibilities, Kelly, versus Tyler's responsibilities? And what are things that you would never, what decisions would you never make without running by the other one? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think the perfect answer is that we communicate and we everything run I but if I were to be honest we just kind of stay in our own lanes <laughs> and we I, I know but that's kind of our motto and, and because what's your lane and what's his lane yeah um I I would say you know going back to his it his lane is to talk well no I want to set this stage when you're talking about your your parents working together for 30 years yeah. I can guarantee that they've gotten a little better each year, but there's been times along that path that it was a straight shit show. Okay. And we've had those days. Yeah. I can't, they were far okay. from those days. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. We're, so, yeah. we're already explicit. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, it's part, it, it's trying to figure that out. And it, it comes back to one of my adages for life. I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. And I, my intention today is to be better than I was yesterday and knowing we're trying to figure it out because we have too many similar personalities where, you know, want to grab control. And then there's like understanding and trust. And I mean, there's things that are Kelly wants to have nothing to do with. 
I take care of that. I take care of everything financial. I take care of everything administrative. I take care of everything legal just because I have experience in that area and have all those contacts. Um, when it comes to, you know, different parts of the business, that's all Kelly is like, I get that. It's the middle 80%. That's where we get in trouble. Um, because it's kind of like, Hey, who's stepping on whose toes? Well, it's not the intention of stepping on who either toes, but it's, it's, Oh, this needs done. Who's going to do it? Well, I'd like to do it. Well, you're not good enough at doing it. So I'm going to do it. And it's like, no, it isn't about that. And you know, that's past, but it, it's understanding that, Hey, if we have the same vision and the mission, how we get there doesn't matter if we're on the same page and, um, yeah, please. No, I think it's great. I, I do you want us to like, really like lay out our responsibilities. Well, not, not like in depth, but just kind of generally like Tyler talked about finances and legal stuff and yeah. What, what do you do that he won't touch? <laughs> I think he would touch, honestly, he would probably touch anything. I re I like to work with um, the go-getters, the people are higher income earners who want to make six and seven figure incomes. I work a lot with them. I get frustrated in the repeating myself and working with people who I kind of in it one day and out of the other. Tyler has much more patience than me in that. So um, I love also cleanse coaching. I love helping a woman, again, feel um, 10 to 15 pounds lighter and just feeling energized. So I do a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I don't speak on stages. I don't do a lot of big, I'll speak on a big zoom, but, um, Tyler handles most of the speaking every once in a while I will, but I just love to be one-on-one -on -one and I love to take a person from zero to a hundred. And I'd like to be there every step of the way, but more on an intimate scale. So but we both recruit, we both, I mean, we both teach everything. We're constantly, you know, doing Zooms and training the team together. But mm -hmm. I would say he like, he works better and is more patient with, um, would you say more kind of yeah. consultants and just, I don't, I don't. I, I think, you know, there's an attribute to where my inherent um, temperament is to be more disciplined. And so stuff that takes more discipline um, I probably fade into a lot more when it is the, um, yeah, it's just Kelly does well, her thing. Compliment the personality types there really then too. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Should, that would work well. It, would, it has seem, the potential. <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. But, and I like to have fun. So as soon as anything doesn't get fun in work, it's usually his too. Hence <laughs> <laughs> the legal and accounting and yeah. I, I don't do numbers. Mm -mm. I make things fun. If it's not fun, I'm going to make it fun. Um, so tell me I, how you would make a spreadsheet fun. Oh, I can do it. I promise. <laughs> I can make them pretty and have numbers and colors. Depends how many margaritas you drink. Yeah. <laughs> Put random words. Blazing saddles. Yeah. Work, 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 work. I find that leading in my world, right? So it, I would see a lot of similarities in what you guys do and what I do, just because. We're self-starters. I'm 100% commission. Ben is too. If I don't get up in the morning and work, essentially I'm affecting my pay, my paycheck down the line, right? And it's the same in your industry. People have to grow and get better and keep selling product. But I find the hardest thing for me is getting stuff from here and here into other people, right? I'm like, I can't, I can't get my passion, my knowledge, and my desire into you. I have to inspire you, right? So inspiration versus perspiration. Do you guys, how do you differentiate between that? And you touched on it a little, Kelly, 
and that you want to work with the higher earners, the ones that are motivated and can get there. What do you do with the people that are in and out and the people that are, you know, like, well, I signed up 10 people a week ago, so I don't need to do anything for the next six weeks. And then they'll complain in six weeks that they don't have any income. How do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you inspire? You know, it's, it's interesting, especially in this industry, because it isn't, it is an additional income. It's usually not someone's sole income, so they can come and go as they want. And a lot of people, it's hard. I mean, it is a rejection industry. We go for no, and very often we get turned down. People think, oh, now that we're top income earners, we, everybody says yes to us. No, it's, it gets exhausting. And so you have to be ready for that. And so I think, um, I just lost my train of thought. Edit it. Well, well, I I guess (laughs) this is to me what's different. So again, my background, nutritionist for dairy cows, I own my own business. 100% of what I did was my income. And I struggled with that, honestly. I struggled with that not because I didn't like the ability to impact my income. I struggled with it from a standpoint. Okay. I struggled with it from from the standpoint that, um, it, it was, I was always a man on an island. And one of the things that I think as we've gotten into, hey, where we've ended up in network marketing, I would have never guessed 10 years ago. I would have never even you know, imagined it. But yet when I look at how the compensation plan is built and how the, the company is built, it really benefits those that love to work together on a team. And what I've realized in life, that's where I excel. And so part of my, you know, inspiration is, yeah, I, I'm going to show up. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it. And Stephen, as you're wearing your, your Air Jordan shirt, um, what I admire most about Jordan, I, I really do. And like, as I'm listening to him last night, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can relate to that a lot. I, I can relate to it where a lot of people thought I was the asshole because they thought it was all about me. But when you listen to Jordan, it wasn't about him winning the scoring title. He never has once said anything about how many MVPs am I going to win? How many scoring titles am I going to win? How many, whatever I was like, how many championships am I going to win? Am I going to win this championship for this team? And so when I hear that, that's in my heart, but, but I had to learn to open that up so people could see that. And to me, that's what's so much fun. That becomes inspiring to when you can be a part of something bigger than you. That's when all of a sudden people are like, Oh, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something bigger than me that has legs that can go farther than I can go. And when you can see that as we've seen that, oh my goodness, it is so invigorating. And it's so, um, you know, it, it just lights a fuel that you, again, being a man on an island, if you're in that, you, you almost can't comprehend it until you're into it. And then you realize, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I just, and I think Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. If you can't get to someone's why, I mean, we have someone, we have them fill out, we do the love language, we do the color code, and then they fill out this kind of interview, we call it the new associate interview, and it gets, it lines up their goals for us, so we're able to know what they want, and then instantly we're going deep with finding out that why, so I can always go back and pull that file and say, hey, wait a minute, these are your goals, this is your why, this is what we talked about, and when they're emotionally attached to that, that, that I feel like that's when you can have an easier chance of holding them accountable. Can you hold everybody accountable? No. But at least give them, you know, those shots. Yeah, well, you call people out on their bullshit, right? It's like, hey, you said you were attached to this, but clearly you're not. So, totally. Well, you said you want this and you don't. But yeah. And this is one of the rabbit holes I mentioned, Kelly. 
Would you have recognized Craig Elo on the flight, do you think, Tyler? Would you have known who it was right away? Craig? Yeah, is that who the tall guy was on the flight? No, no, he was this lawyer from Spokane. I don't even know who he was. They weren't together, no. It was just, um, and my whole point of that is we are always telling our team to look for ways to serve, ways to give, because I think that's the true um, reason that we're on this earth is is to be that light in the world. So the fact that I was able to give my ILC this tall man and I sat in the middle, even though I had paid for the aisle seat, it was an opportunity. But the, the, the bigger picture was God placed me next to Janny initial conversation. And so, but no, it wasn't Craig. I know, I guess I should mention that when I tell the story because people probably assume. <laughs> I assume not. <laughs> yes, but he would have recognized Craig. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I, I didn't even say, I just said this lady named Janny and then said his last name. And he's like, oh, who? Yeah, but I didn't know. And I should have worn my Craig Elo shirt if that's the case. I mean, if we're going there. <laughs> so I got a, that new associate interview that you're talking about too. Do you guys have every new consultant that signs up with you guys to take that? Um, not necessarily every new consultant, but everybody who raises their hand and says, I want to make at least, you know, want to be a business get $500 back. Yeah. But someone who just wants to get their products paid for, I'm not going to have them go into that, but if they're interested, yeah, for sure. So, but anybody who kind of raises their hand and says, That's I want great. to know more. Smart. Yeah. Very smart on your guys' part. I think what's been interesting to watch over the last year or so with you two is you've both kind of morphed from being leaders to actually teaching leadership. Obviously you're both doing the things with John C. Maxwell. Um, and Kelly, you seem to really focus on, women like you've got your your events that you did with all of your women which looked amazing on social media even all over the country and then tyler you're obviously doing your things here which covid kind of took a dump on the 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 one that we had set up here but do you guys want to talk about that and where you focus in terms of leadership and why you're going down that path um yeah i mean i'll jump into that so one of the things that we got to do a couple of years ago is totally random um, I think this goes back to, was it 2017, 2018, something like that. And I had the goal for the year to find a mentor. Never really, I mean, had people, but was at that point, wanted to really find someone that I could, I could look to and model towards. And so prayed for that. And ultimately later on that year, there was a, a program that came up that John Maxwell was advertising on social media. Mm-hmm. No one in his corporation knows who did it. They literally have no idea, but that's how we found out about it. And entered into that process and really started to, because I had this desire to learn and grow and, and recognize how important leadership was. And, you know, that's been a part of my real personal transformation in, you know, kind of the stuff unlocking earlier, how I dealt with, you know, traumatic stuff in my life, how I, you know, put my head down and pushed and did those things and how that affected people and growing as a leader really helped me understand that. And that's where I understood, okay, most people in the world haven't gone through this. If they've gone through it, it's been tragic. Here, I've been able to grow through it and see the impact in other people. And um, part of that transformation, as we learned about it, John Maxwell has a, a nonprofit, Equip, um, and now they've rebranded the John Maxwell Leadership Foundation because they're growing it more na- internet, you know, globally, other than a few countries. And so that's something that I've really taken as a passion to say, hey, I recognize that you know not everyone wants to be a part of network marketing. And uh, I look at it, uh, 10 years ago, you would ask me, I'm like, no. But yet I look at all the value of the industry 
And every single person that is 18 years old should spend time in network marketing because it's going to teach them lessons they would have never gained anywhere else. And you can use those lessons in anywhere at life, relationships, business, doesn't matter. And then I even think, you know, if you're 30 or 40, you're going to have greater value because you've had that experience. And, you know, so when I look at all the lessons I've learned in leadership and wanting to share that with people, it's been what I've learned through John, through, you know, personal experience, through actually working and interacting with people. And I really feel led to bring that to people. And I, I don't want people to be scared of network marketing thinking, oh, I'm stuck in that trap. I would much rather them say, hey, yeah, that's something I'm passionate about, those products. And if I can learn and grow as a, as a person and be a part of a community that can help me in my job, that I'm not going to get that training other than, I mean, this is like world-class. You're going to spend fifty dollars to $100,000 a year with Brandon Bouchard, and you're going to learn that same stuff, but actually learn it through network marketing, and you can get paid while you learn. That's what excites me, but you don't have to. And so that's where... I'm excited to be able to extend and share that with people that wouldn't see otherwise, because one of the things that I, I believe is um, I'm called to be a river, not a reservoir. And so the more I can share that, I get fueled up and I get excited and I get passionate and want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what Tyler said is hundred percent true. And I just, I love women. And I think, um, me too. I'll, <laughs> well, I just think big fan, big fan. I, I, wow. love, I love wow. men too. This is definitely not some feminist plot or something, but I think a lot of women don't understand that the the power that they have in them and they have in their voice and what they can be doing as a catalyst in the community um, and so on and so forth, and still be at home with their babies and still be able. So my passion is still in the network marketing world. It's a space where I think women are open to and they love it, but they can be. A voice for so many people and a positive example, whether that's in your parenting, whether that's in leadership and in, in church or separate organizations. So anyway, we can just continue to teach and um, mentor the people. What I hold on to that that knowledge, you know, spread it out so everybody can learn. I love that. I like that you uh, you don't take the approach of, hey, I love women and I hate men, and we're going to empower women and discard men. You know, I think a lot of organizations go down that path of having women's networks and women's only events. And then somewhere down the line, they kind of realize, well, a lot of good can come from exposing people that were resistant to this, to this, and by merging all of those strengths as opposed to keeping them separate. So we're going down that path. This one, I've got one that wasn't on my lineup of questions. I know it's something that Stephen and I have talked about before. Kelly's dropping out of the screen. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm out. But so this was actually, and Kelly, you you might have a really good answer for this because it's probably some of the people you work with. So I I, I talk to a lot of new people that want to get into advising, right? They want to start working as an advisor, and I tell the young people, it's like it takes so much freaking longer than you want it to to get to like where you want to be, right? There's that image that people have of the guy digging for the gold, right? And he's yeah. digging his hole and he's digging his hole and he's digging his hole. And then he quits right before he's like one more shovel full of hitting the, to hitting the gold, right? And it's like, I know Steven, we've talked about it. It's like people quit too early in a sales thing. They go six months and they think that they should be making a hundred grand. It's like, that's not how this works. So as leaders, uh, is, I'm, at first, I guys, is that something you guys experience? Is that people quit too early? Which I'm, I bet you the answer is yes. yes. And then, how do you, or have you been successful at helping them realize that you need to continue to grind, 
right? We always say grind and grit are like the two biggest things that grit mostly are going to make you successful, right? Is getting through those, those no's. So mm -hmm. has there been something you guys have found that motivates people to get through that period of time at which they're not making money, they're constantly being rejected and they feel like it's not working? Yeah. I think too, I think stories are the biggest way, you know, be relatable when, when you have a story. We have one lady in our organization, you know, she made maybe a thousand dollars a month for four years and just kept with the consistency. And then one day a few people came into her organization and then it just started to grow. And now she's a multiple seven figure income earner, you know, so having those stories and be able to, to give examples of that, that it's not network marketing isn't a lottery ticket. It's not an oversight night success. Nothing is anything worthwhile takes work. Right. And then look at other like leaders out there in the world that you admire and look at the many times that they have failed or hit bankruptcy. Like if you want to be successful, those are the people you model success after the people that you want to be. Right. So every time we have a bad business deal, we first of all, tell our team about it, you know, just so they can see us fall flat on our face. But then we, we celebrate those, those no's. Um, one of my favorite, um, uh, mentors, she doesn't know she's my mentor, but Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Have you guys ever watched her video on, um, what her dad used to do when she was little? No, so, so on failure. So he instilled the most beautiful example of failure every day. They would sit around and you can Google it. It's on YouTube. It's a little four minute video, but um, they would sit around their kitchen table at night and he would eat, ask each of the kids, how did they fail that day? And when they said their failure, he would cheer and clap and celebrate them as opposed to being disappointed. So he changed their mental state of what failure actually looked like. So when she was older and developing Spanx and got no and no and no, it was a celebration every no as opposed to it's really just whatever your mind, your mind tells you. So we celebrate the no's and we talk about our no's. I really think, again, I think the stories are what help people keep on going. And look, you had a great answer and you were trying to drop out of the screen. I'm going to throw a twist on that and, and probably one that you guys have learned to expect that I'm going to, but just an experience that I had. So, um, you know, I start off my nutrition business and I, I had a lot of initial success. I grew my business quick. And when I started my own business, I was, you know, to multiple six figures within 12 months of starting my own business, um, nutrition business. And then financial 0809 hit whacked the dairy industry, whacked a lot of agriculture and my confidence tanked. And what I saw there is I lost confidence in my value. And we've seen much the same thing happen in network marketing. You know, there's a lot of people that started in network marketing between 2009 and 2013 and they used social media and they grew multiple six figure incomes and they didn't know how to tie their shoes. And what happened then is they never learned and developed the grit and the skills of actually building a business. And so when the business went through normal ebbs and flows, like my nutrition business went through normal ebbs and flows and I, I didn't understand as much as I thought I did in how to internalize, say, all right, where do I have value? How do I add value? How do I really do that? Um, that's been a, a greater skill to guide people through the last two years, um, you know, as we've seen network marketing really thrives when the economy is in the tank. And when the economy is rising and blowing like crazy, network marketing, people don't want to touch. And, and so to see that, that ebb and flow and to have my own personal experience 10, 12 years ago, it, that's been an interesting journey to tell people. It's like, hey, 
you know, when everyone did, was telling you no, because they're like, Ugh, network marketing, oh, I had a bad experience, this or that. When I had that experience of everyone's losing money and they're like, dude, I, you know, you kind of have a, a black mark on you because of what an accountant said. I had to learn through that. And I've seen other people have to learn through that. And the ones that do, oh, they come out so much stronger, so much more appreciative and they get it. And um, it, it's been exciting to see that now. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. Sorry for catching you off guard the whole day because I think I wrote down four questions and didn't ask any of them, Kelly. Okay. Right. I'm just, I just look at it as a conversation as opposed to preparing for anything. I like catching people off guard. I'm part of being a leader, right? Pivoting, being on the move. Yeah. <laughs> I pivot. Tyler's used I've got to... one more before we sign off, Stephen. All right, go for it. I think a big part of being a leader is being mentally healthy, right? For, for your team that you lead too. So what do you guys do to fill your cup? Either as a couple, because since you lead together or individually. Yeah. Uh, as a couple, we, and this has just been more recent, we make sure we get a good walk-in every day. It's a good time for us to talk. The kids aren't there. We've um, done that for a week. The dog's there. <laughs> two weeks now. But you know what? It's been somewhere, Tyler. It's, hey, been, I mean, it's, it's been two weeks, but it's been, it. well, it was part of my love language because I only need a mile and it's that quality time, the words of affirmation, we're chatting, you know what I mean? So that, um, that's been huge for us. Uh, obviously for me, God's word, I got to fill it up, fill my mind with him. That's where I find my truth. So that's perfect. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I think for me is, is being willing to continue to grow and ask questions. Um, you know, obviously for me, from a spiritual point of view, as a person of faith, I start my day that way. I've really, really, really tried hard after some good mentorship of make that a part of my day every day. Um, and I've done that now amazingly for a, a long time. And, and I can tell oh, it. No. no, I mean, it's been almost Other than that, because I see it on the reading now. Yeah, 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 I mean, these two no, guys know, I'm they know what I'm doing. I'm and you know, that started small, but I also recognize that um, I, I do have days where uh, I'm down and I do have days, you know, it was about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, and Kelly's like, what's wrong? It's like, oh, just, it's not right. And, you know, it, we're all subject to that. And I think it's, it's understanding, you know, to, to use a sports analogy is you got to learn to forget about the, the missed shot. You got to forget about to, you know, got to learn to forget about the interception. You got to forget about the guy that, you know, you lost on, you know, you had an investment and he lost the deal. You got to, you got to learn to forget about the bad stuff. And it's a process to learn that. And there's some people that are inherently very, very good at it. There's other people you got to work through it. And, and, and the people that can help process that through with you, whether that's talking to people, whether it's, you know, spiritual, whatever it may be, um, that's okay. And recognizing that's, that's important and that we're, we're really called to do that, not necessarily always on our own, but with the help of others. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's good to give yourself grace. You know, you talk about grit, you talk about go, go, go. But I mean, there are days when I'm like, I am taking a mental health day today and allowing yourself to just have it. And whether that looks like a walk, whether that looks like Netflix and chill, whether that looks like a facial mask or whatever it is that you boys do, you know what I mean? Like, sorry, that's, there's a different meaning for that. I forgot. I really mean Netflix. <laughs> the Netflix and chill. I was like, whoa, Tyler. Sorry, you gave me that look and I was like, yeah. crap. I forget that. 
us moms really mean we're watching Netflix all day. Okay, God, come on, binging Netflix. Anyways, no, but I think it's just say it, let the people around you know, like I am taking a mental health day. I need this for myself. Otherwise your body will force you into it. And it'll probably be like a mental health week month or mm -hmm. even longer. I'm going to, this just popped in my head and um, I grew up on a farm. I grew up around cows and that was something I wanted our kids to be around. And for the last couple of years I've had cows. And for me, it isn't so much being around animals, but I, I, I can really tell I've learned through that process. That's helped me a lot being around animals. But I also know me is I, I got to do something physical and be able to see a physical result of that. So in other words, if I'm having a bad day, yeah, maybe I just need to go, you know, shovel something. Dig I need to go mow grass. I need to go do something physical because that's what helps me yeah process and if i don't have that um yeah that's yeah nice that yeah just know what your your body needs well that's a great i told steven like, i have a quarantine to-do list for when i get in a funk basically and i go and i look at my quarantine to-do list because sometimes you're mentally just so exhausted and you're so angry with everything that's going on it's like i just need to accomplish something right now and i'm just going to go move that pile of dirt from there to there so i feel like i did something and just get their ball rolling almost to get the juices going again so we totally relate to tyler on that one we preach those mental health days i mean we help each other as well when ben needs one i'll bugger off with him i just took one and it was a five-day mental health break i buggered off to florida and sailed from the, the keys to Miami. So. Awesome. <laughs> but I bet your brain felt so good because that is one of the yeah. things that makes this time so hard is you can do so much with technology constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a Zoom and then people think they're resting while watching Netflix or whatever. And honestly, that's just more stimulation to your brain. So getting out, getting into the fresh air and doing stuff like that is so good for you. Well, I think there's strength in being vulnerable to say you need to take a mental health day and setting that example right and extending that grace, not just to teammates, but to yourself. Yeah. So, so I think, I mean, it's, it could empower those that work with you that are on your team to be like, oh, wow, like Kelly and Tyler are taking mental health days. Like, I guess I don't need to grind all the time, right? Sometimes you need to gas your tank back up. I, I had a friend when I was in California and he was, he's, I don't know, 10, 12 years older. Um, and, and he taught myself and a couple other friends and he owned a dairy farm. And, and he was like, yeah, sometimes if it ain't going right, if this breaks, that breaks, something up, I shut it down. I walk away, I go get away. And it was an example that he shared with a couple of us that are all the same age, you know, younger. And, and it's funny, we'll joke about it from time and again, but it's something we hold on to is like, sometimes the worst thing you can do is when it is not going right, continue to push because yeah. then you end up just taking internalizing. It's like, it's not going right. Shut it down, walk away and just come back tomorrow. And I had to do that last uh, last week putting up a chandelier i was frustrated it wasn't going right and uh i shut it down i walked away came back an hour later and it all went smooth and no big deal yeah i was about ready to throw the thing in the trash did you call like is that how long it took for an electrician to get there or did you no so, no there was <laughs> no 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 i i, I did it yes mm. did it. good man it's often palpable after you take that time. I mean, Ben will tell you, we recorded and released a podcast today. And I basically started the podcast by saying I was full of piss, vinegar, sunshine, rainbows, and everything else. And I just, I just feel energized and ready to, you know, I've been through the 
the little low low part of the COVID thing and like, all right, I can wallow in this or I can come out of this on the other end of it saying I've achieved something. And I think that's that's what a mental health break can do. It can take your productivity from what's expected to just that next level. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Well, well appreciate you guys taking the time today to jump on here with us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's fun. I think I think you've been here, Kelly, actually curtailed Tyler talking a little bit. Kept him. Because <laughs> the last podcast we did, he, he overpowered me a little bit. And I was like, sometimes I want to say something. So I think he was on. You guys need flags. Podcast. Just get a flag. You know what happened is the talking stick, it gets broken. <laughs> Somebody's trying to grab it because just as much as Kelly's got a firm grip too. She wants to, you know, don't let her convince you. She's just all sweet and nice and. Oh, I'm not sweet and nice. I never admit to that. I just, it takes me a minute to spit it out. Yeah, you guys well, are doing. You guys are have to take another walk. I can tell. Another walk after this. You guys do the standard. My cows are calling, sure right? Kicked you a couple times under the desk. Um, no, not today. No, actually, not. I have not been kicked yet today. Not yet. Oh, not yet. It's a win. Kept on, but day's not, not over yet. <laughs> well, we really do appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Ben, you get anything to add before we go and say bye to everybody? No, it was insightful. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on. It's been fun. Yeah. So I'm good having you on, Tyler. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, well, hey, you know, it's it fit your Corona Cut quotient. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see if I can say it right this time, Ben. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Did I get Boom. it right?
nah, nah.